The following is evening prayer for March 18th, 2020. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Turn us again, O God of our salvation, that the light of your face may shine on us. May your justice shine like the sun, and may the poor be lifted up. Joyous light of glory of the immortal Father, heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ, we have come to the setting of the sun, and we look to the evening light. We sing to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy of being praised with pure voices forever. O Son of God, O Giver of life, the universe proclaims your glory. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For you are merciful and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. O Lord, I call to you, come to me quickly. Hear my voice when I cry to you. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch before my mouth, O Lord, and guard the door of my lips. Let not my heart incline to any evil thing. Let me not be occupied in wickedness with evil doers. But my eyes are turned to you, O God. In you I take refuge. Strip me not of my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Let us pray. Let the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, O Lord, and let your loving kindness descend on us, that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and the whole heavenly host, and may glorify you forever. Amen. Our psalm is Psalm 118, verses 14 through 28. 
The Antiphon being verse 27, read at the beginning and the end. Psalm 118. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horn of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. Office hymn, LSB, 810, O God of God, O Light of Light. O God of God, O Light of Light, O Prince of Peace and King of Kings, to you in heaven's glory bright, the song of praise forever rings. To him who sits upon the throne, the Lamb once slain but raised again, be all the glory he has won, all thanks and praise, amen, amen. For deep in prophet's sacred page, and grand in poet's winged word, slowly in type from age to age, the nation saw their coming Lord, till through the deep Judean night rang out the song good will to men, sung once by firstborn sons of light, it echoes now, good will, amen. That life of truth, those deeds of love, that death so steeped in hate and scorn, these all are past and now above. He reigns our King once crowned with thorn. Lift up your heads, O mighty gates, so sang that host beyond our ken. Lift up your heads, your King awaits. We lift them up, amen, amen. Then raise to Christ a mighty song, and shout his name, his mercies tell. 
Sing, heavenly host, your praise prolong, and all on earth your anthem swell. All hail, O Lamb, for sinners slain, forever let the song ascend. Worthy the Lamb enthroned to reign, all glory, power, amen, amen. Our first reading is from Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, day one. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Gospel reading is John chapter 12, beginning with the 20th verse. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks, So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. 
Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We continue with our catechism portion, which will be the articles and their meanings. These can be found in your small catechisms. They can also be found in LSB, Lutheran Service Book, page 322. What is the first article? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. What is the second article? And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. And what is the third article? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this is a 
strange and troubling time. This is a time in which we live with changing information hourly, not just daily. We do the best we can with what we have. This is not a time for uh, social unrest. We are trying something new with these recordings of our services. Please bear with us and let pastor or the elders know if there are any concerns or things that don't work out moving forward. This is a difficult time, but the Word of God endures forever. I know for some it's um, aggravating that we're not getting together face-to-face. The government has been given to us by God, and this isn't a time where they're telling us to not preach the gospel. Instead, they are simply just asking us to be cautious and looking out for the most frail and uh, sick among us. So we turn to the words of our text with those thoughts in mind. In the early church, Lent was a time of catechesis, and now more than ever, catechesis is needed. Lutheran practice carries on this time of of Lent as we normally get together to speak uh, and learn about various things leading up to Easter. But this Lenten season, we have been focusing on the days of creation and the days of Holy Week. And this gives me an opportunity to put before you, the members of Emmanuel, the very first day. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning. Day one. The creation account given by God through his servant Moses is not intended to be merely a curious scientific endeavor about the origins of the world. Through these very first words, God reveals much about himself to us, for us. From day one, we get to listen in on privileged conversations that happen within the Godhead. In this text, we learn it begins with a very simple concept of light and darkness. And as one hears these words and reads through the Bible, it's important to keep in mind the words of St. John. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the approach that we must take today. An understanding of us being children and our Heavenly Father has our best in mind and all things work for good for those who love him. As children How are we going to live and act like children? Are we going to be uh, frustrating to those in authority over us? Are we going to be selfish and hoard those things that are ours and be angry towards those who disagree? Or are we going to live in love and mercy as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, given the example of our dear brother Jesus? These are hard times. To be a child is important. It's an important aspect that should not be lost. 
Because this is the approach that is important when we come to the days of creation. The account is very simple. And it is only by childlike faith that one can see the depth and the beauty that God has given and revealed there to us. Not every question is answered, but then we don't need every answer to every question. It really comes down to a simple question with a simple answer. And adults have trouble with this because of our own sinful nature. Do we trust in what our eyes see? Or do we trust in what our ears hear? And then with the words that we hear, do we trust in the words of man? Or do we trust in the words of God? God has caused many analogies of our spiritual lives to be tied to the separation of darkness and light and the work of the Holy Spirit and water. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a beautiful text. There was nothing before that except God. What an amazing gift to ponder, to treasure in our hearts, where there was a time when the earth and everything we know and see were not. There was a beginning. And in the very first verse of Scripture, God reveals something very intimate about himself that is for us to know and believe and confess. We confess this clearly in the Athanasian Creed. We worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. The Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one. The glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. It's no secret to any of those who know me that my fondness for the Hebrew language I hold dear to my heart. English is a very fine language, but there are just some things that don't translate well going from Hebrew to English. This speaks, of course, to the importance of pastors being trained in the original languages and keeping up on them. It also speaks to the importance of people gathering together in Bible study with their pastors, writing in their Bibles, making notes where these things come up during these times where we can't meet face-to-face or encourage not to. We have many modes of technology and methods by which we can ask our pastors questions and they are love to dig through the scriptures and to answer them for us. I once spent six weeks just speaking on the theology contained in the first three verses of Genesis, and I'm not going to do that here. For now, it is important in this word of God to know that the Hebrew name for God in this verse is plural. It's a plural word. Hebrew has three types of words, one person, two people, and three or more. And this word has an ending that indicates God is three or more. And we begin here to see the mystery of the Trinity. Now you may think, Pastor, if it means three or more, should we say God's instead of God? And simply the answer is no. Because also within this first verse, we have the verb for create, which can only be translated in the singular, he. In this very first verse with two words, we have God revealing to us that he is one divine essence and at the same time more than one person. Then in verse 2, we read, The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It's revealed that God is not only the person of the Father, but now the Spirit is also there. The word for hovering is important because it also means brooding, like how a bird broods. Jesus will use this same type of imagery when he talks about the chick or the chicken who would have the chicks under her wings. This we confess of the Holy Spirit who gives life and cares 
for the young, for the children of God. In the Nicene Creed, we confess that the Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. As we just confessed from our catechism, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit is the one who calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies not just me, but the whole church. And not only does his work stop there, but he continues as he keeps us in the one true faith. Then as God begins to set out on the task of creating, we have the Father and the Spirit, and then we get to verse 3. God said, let there be light, and there was light. The second person of the Trinity is now revealed. This singular divine essence, this one God, is made known in three persons. And we know who this second person is, because John has written these words so that you may believe, and then by believing in him you may have life in his name. Every Christmas morning we are reminded of this great Trinity mystery. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made, and Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. All of this is contained within the first three verses of Holy Scripture. The one true God who calls all into existence. He didn't simply fashion stuff and rearrange cosmic primordial soup into some sort of usable and life-sustaining entity. There was nothing. He spoke and then there was. And as God begins his creative activity, note the very care and concern that he has for you. Before he creates man, he puts everything in perfect place. Just like a parent makes sure the nursery is completely ready for the newborn child to come home, God in a more perfect way creates all with perfect order before man is even created. It is into that very darkness that God speaks. Let there be light. And there was light. The light that was created chases away delusions, dashes away shadows, reveals every good and gracious thing of God's creating. It is a life that brings life, and a light that without which no life may survive. God saw that light, and it was good. But since that good creation, after the first seven days, Satan has attempted to undo God's creation of light and life. Man's fall into temptation has covered man with a second darkness that leads to eternal death. The light of the physical world still works basically as God commanded it, but the true light that enlightens every man was rejected and darkness was preferred to that light. Instead of, in childlike faith, listening to the voice of their parents, the voice of God the Father, and in love, showing their love by dutiful obedience, man decided that he wanted to join in on the Godhead. He wanted to be part of the Trinity and the decision-making process. And so he ate from the tree of which he was commanded not to. Instead of the Lord Jesus Christ, spiritual darkness of unbelief, rebellion, rejection, and sin are preferred by the sinful nature. And this spiritual darkness has some very devastating effects. Now, if you believe that God died 
and his death was beneficial for you. And he gives the fruit of his death in very specific ways through his word and his sacraments, as we confess in the church. How can you tell him that it is not important? What could be more important? How would you even dare to begin to justify not hearing his word or receiving his gifts? What reasonable explanation can you give that could excuse you from not being here and eating at his table, receiving from his hand? Yet that is the nature of spiritual blindness. We all have the sinful, corrupted nature with us on this side of heaven. It makes us blind to the realities around us and filled with delusions about what is not real. We see it around us, ignorance of eternity, delusions about eternity. I mean, for a long time now, our culture has by and large denied the existence of anything other than the material, the things that we can measure and quantify. It would be like people living in a pitch-dark cave, being told the only reality is those things that they can feel with their hands and hear with their ears. Color, brightness, shadow are things that would simply just be denied. Materialism and consumerism are vain and vexing gods. They drive you to seek only good for yourself, to satiate your desires in whatever you want. It's all about you. It looks good and, hey, it may even make you wise, right? In these days, we see plenty of examples of this sort of behavior. Our culture wrestles with this concept. And now, it's true, many do see the falseness and narrow-mindedness of staunch materialism. And so there are many who speak of a spiritual dimension to life. Oprah, in fact, popularized a common use but awful phrase, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. And this, of course, is nothing other than a breaking of the second commandment. It is to turn God's name in vain. That is to use God's name as I want to, as I see fit, as I define and design. It is to make this all about me. It really is to confess, well, I am the light that gives all light to men. Pay attention to me, because I am the boss. In this way, it's like the people in the cave are beginning to recognize the validity of the eyes as sensory organs. Color is real, but I am the only one who really knows what color is. Now, of course, this does us little good as long as the lights are off. Natural man may finally be acknowledging the validity of spiritual eyes, but without proper light, he can still not use them. But sadly, this doesn't stop our sinful flesh from imagining it sees all kinds of things. For this reason, the world is full of hundreds of religions that claim a vision of truth and of God. Everyone claims to see something spiritual, from the Muslim and the Jew, to the Hindu and the Buddhist, to the animistic tribes in Africa, to the tarot card readers, horoscope writers, and Wiccans, to those who continue to hold on to the theory of evolution, despite the scientific evidence for creation and the early existence of every animal family without any missing links, to the average man who believes that he is spiritually okay as long as he is a good person. Without true light, you can look at a gleaming white marble and swear that it's red, or even convince others that it's blue. In matters of God, natural man can look at good and swear it's evil, or look at evil declaring it to be good. The problem is not that they have no eyes. It is that their eyes are without light. This is the condition of the world apart from Christ. This is our own sinful, miserable condition from conception and birth, as we confess each Sunday. In this darkness of sin and death, our triune God reveals his grace again and again. By his strong word, God cleaved the darkness with conquering might. 
Fallen creation, sinful man needed recreation, restoration. And Jesus, the word of God, graciously spoke again. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, cannot overcome it. The true light entered the world, became flesh, and dwelt among us. In our gospel reading, the first day of Holy Week, Jesus enters the house of the Lord, his beloved church, to illumine her with the light of his truth. Speaking and brooding, this is how God always works. With a word spoken over you in the waters of holy baptism, you are born in the family of God, given the light of Christ, and you are in his brood. You are one of his beloved children. And so whatever may happen in the hours and days and weeks and months to come, God already knows and he has placed you in his family. He has given you life eternal. And so whether it's life or death, sickness or health, better or worse, he is your bridegroom, your heavenly bridegroom, who has died and set you free from sin and death and so that we don't have to be afraid of whatever comes next. By his very words, being in his brood, The creative, redemptive word speaks to you. You are given life. You are able to see the blessed work of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he does his Father's bidding and hangs from the cross in the darkness of midday so that life and immortality would be brought to light for you. This is not about you, but it is for you. Let us pray. O God, O God, O light of light, O Prince of Peace and King of Kings, to you in heaven's glory bright the song of praise forever rings. To him who sits upon the throne, the Lamb once slain but raised again, be all the glory he has won, all thanks and praise. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We continue with the litany on page 249. In peace let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For Matthew and Brian, for all pastors in Christ, For all servants of the church and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Donald and Kim, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Thanks be to God. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. 
rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. To you, O Lord. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen.